welcome to Homie and the Dude, a father and son podcast. Today you're watching D&D Diaries, The Road to Streaming. This is episode one and it's called A New Beginning. Um, this is going to be a series where we discuss the learning curve that we embark upon trying to write a homebrew world and campaign for you guys um, and then run that as a stream on Twitch for you. Now the process getting there is quite a hard one and it's got a very steep learning curve and we're on the path already but what we wanted to do was break down some of the things that we learn, some of the things that we are improving on and, uh, and give you guys some insight on what goes on behind the scenes uh, for writing homebrew campaign settings and worlds from a complete beginner standpoint all the way through to what we hope will be a professional standpoint at some point. Um, so to start, um, we're going to rewind to when we both first discovered Dungeons & Dragons. Tom, go first. Yeah, so man, I just remember Dungeons & Dragons being this subculture when I was growing up that I didn't know what it was. It felt like it was a fringe group that was sort of beyond my social group. And to be fair, I kind of judged the group at mm. the time. It was like they were a little bit more of the outcasts. And, uh, and for whatever reason, there was, there was a little bit of, uh, what, you, what would you call it? Like a perception, I guess, of, of that. So I had no idea what Dungeons & Dragons was. I knew it was you know, kind of like fantasy board game stuff. And... And that was it sort of for, so that was probably in the, let's see, 80s, late 80s. And then I didn't hear about Dungeons and Dragons, it feels like for 20 years. Mm, yeah. Literally like till the, the 2000s, somewhere in there. Yeah, exactly. And, and then probably again, when I then was at high school myself, um, I was in with the guys who like gaming and stuff like that. And so um, I was invited as part of our school because uh, I went to boarding school um, on weekends. We had a Dungeons and Dragons uh, team that was ran by the drama teacher, actually. Um, and he very much inspired me and uh, inspired me to do acting and drama later in life, which I'll talk about in a minute. But at the time, we were playing Dungeons and Dragons 3rd Edition, which is very maths heavy. I remember the character creation process taking a long time and just being like, God, this is a lot of maths. And I wasn't a fan of it at the time. So I ended up bailing on Dungeons and Dragons at the time and, uh, and not attending any more of the sessions after like the first three that I did attend. Um, so then years went on and in between those Dungeons and Dragons sessions I did attend at school and now when we started investing in it now, um, I attended acting school, I guess, for a little bit. I did, I did a bit of acting school, um, performing arts. Um, so I've done a bit of improv and I've done a bit of like role playing and that kind of stuff. Um, as well as also, we have deep roots within fantasy. We love, you know, all the classic Tolkien stuff, you know, we love, you know, labyrinth and like all the classic fantasies that have existed for ages and ages and ages you know um that have been around as well as rpg games you know our you and i have both played those together when i was younger and then i've continued doing so as an adult um we had a little section of time as well where we did some short films and you know to, to mm. sort of tie into your acting and your performance stuff as well yeah explored explored with that for a few years i'd say so the reason i'm bringing up the acting is because when i did refine dnd i saw the merits of what i was watching from an acting standpoint in a much different perspective and way. So um, 
to reinduce the new beginning basically being that I discovered Node. So Corridor Digital has like a side channel called Node and um, on Node they do a Dungeons and Dragons uh, series basically and it's run by Sam. Um, he's a very good DM. He was the first like live stream DM or like recorded DM that I kind of dove into. Um, I spent a few hours watching their game, uh, a couple of their games and I loved it. I was instantly enticed by uh, the amazing landscape that he'd built. He had miniatures and he had like this whole diorama for them, which was amazing. Um, and the map they had was great. But what was more interesting was the interplay between them, the role playing that they were all doing, the, imp the clear improvising in some cases that was very much going on, uh, very much enticed me. Um, and from there, I kind of was like, hmm, this is interesting. I remember the moment. I was like, this is, this is something that I'm interested in because it combines a lot of things that we like. It combines filming because it's streaming. Um, it combines writing because you're writing a world. It combines playing a game, which I enjoy doing, and it combines fantasy, you know, a lot of things that we enjoy. So I was like, that's a really, really cool thing. So I believe then I kind of talked to you about it and we went back and forth a little bit and we talked about D&D and possibly playing it just like for fun outside of all of this. Yep. Um, and you then went and found... Acquisitions. Acquisitions Incorporated. Now, in that time as well, I was also in contact with one of our podcast guests, Will Stone, amazing podcast guest, shout out to Will Stone, um, who plays Dungeons and Dragons. And I also was in contact with um, a, a friend of mine as well, who is a dungeon master. Uh, both of which gave me some advice on how I should probably get started, uh, what things to possibly check out. So when you found acquisitions, you recommended them to me. I then reflected that I was watching them to those people and they both told me that yes, acquisitions was a great place to you know, get into D&D &D, basically. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Acquisitions Incorporated a little bit quickly. What kind of enticed you about that when you saw it? Dude, that just completely opened the world of D&D to me in a way that I just hadn't really realized. It was entertainment, they are funny, they are, uh, they are creative like nothing I've ever seen. Once, Like the storytelling, the layers of storytelling, and this is I guess the, the essence of the beauty of D&D &D that I've just never really connected and now I fully appreciate, is like nothing else. Mm. There is literally endless ways that you can create. Super fun, like Chris Perkins is, he's got a level of comedic um, uh, ability with the stuff that he writes and the team play off of each other. And it was just entertaining. It was like as entertaining as watching anything that I'd been seeing on, on TV, like a show or even a movie. It was awesome. And then they, you know, the ones that I first watched were uh, the, the live crowd ones as well. Mm. So there's interaction with the crowd as well. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was it just like literally, I was like, holy shit. I remember, I was just like, you gotta see this. Yeah, and once you kind of passed it to me, I kind of dove into it as well and fell in love with the the, the Acquisitions original crew. You know, Mike Rahulik, Patrick Rutherford, Scott Kurtz, and, uh, and oh God, I can't remember. What's the other guy's name? Oh, uh, it's... Uh, Jim uh, Dark Matter. No, no, that's Mike Rulick. Oh, okay. Uh, it's uh, the bold guy. Uh, anyway, he plays Omen Drawn. Um, <laughs> and they're all incredible for different reasons. They act, and then comparing them to the Node, to comparing them to Node's Dungeons & Dragons series, I got a very interesting perspective because Node, uh, no disrespect to Sam, he's an incredible DM, but the game felt a lot slower. Um, it felt a lot less um, fun and bouncy um, and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong, um, 
these are guys who are writing the Dungeons and Dragons. You know, they, they, you know, Chris Perkins works for Wizards of the Coast. You know, they're in the game a lot more, I can imagine, than the Node guys. But um, it felt very different. So I instantly fell in love with Acquisitions Inc. because it felt more fast-paced. It felt like more was happening. Um, there was a lot more comedy, a lot of laughing, really great moments. Um, and God, aren't you right in that it's the most creative thing that you can do? Like, you watch a movie and you think there's like one outcome to this movie, where with D&D there's thousands of outcomes based off of minor decisions that your players make at every moment. And it's so creative and it's an ever-evolving thing, which is why it's like improv mixed with like writing somehow. And it's just this beautiful thing that acquisitions really unlocked again for me as well, because seeing Node do it was great, but then seeing this like step up of level in terms of um, their sets, uh, when they do their live things, their costumes that they're wearing, the fact that, you know, they're all laughing and having a great time, and you know, each person has a very distinctive personality as the character, and so on and so forth, um, really, really drew me to them. Um, and really, really interested me in the whole Dungeons and Dragons thing. So from there, I started researching. Yeah. I dove into it really, really fast, really, really hard, and started trying to work out how we could play this as soon as possible, how we could get our hands on doing it. Now, the one thing I was aware of is that there's lots of rules, um, and that they come in lots of books and stuff like that, and I'm dyslexic, and I typically am not one for rules either. <laughs> so it was a, it was a adventure for me. And I, I basically said to us as a group, I was like, well, we need a dungeon master. So either we find someone or one of us does it. And I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. And that's where we kind of went. And then after like a couple of weeks of me doing research and watching some, <laughs> watching a lot of acquisitions incorporated and, uh, and watching some node and, you know, discovering some other channels and things like that. Um, I decided that we were going to get the starter pack, or we were going to look at either getting the starter pack or the essentials kit. Now, um, for those of you in the D&D world who know, um, you know that the starter pack and the essential kit are great places for people to begin their D&D uh, journeys, and the starter pack was perfect for us. Um, the difference is for people who don't know, um, you get two pre-written adventures, both of the, sorry, both get, have a pre-written adventure, so you get pre-written adventures with each of them. Um, you get with, the, I think the main difference between them actually is the fact that you get pre-written characters in the starter pack, and with the essential kit you make your characters yeah. and then play it through. I believe both of them are... Um, campaigns from one to level five, but I believe you can also stack the essential kit campaign at the end of Lost Mines, the starter pack campaign, and they do flow okay. um, as one. Um, however, we started with the starter pack. Now, the reason for that being was because I remember character creation for 5e being quite a process, and so for I wanted- e. Yeah, sorry, did I say 5e? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, for three, uh, 3.5 um, edition. Um, I remember, remember it being quite difficult and quite hard, so I wanted this one to be as <laughs> painless for us as possible and as easy for us to get into. It was a good choice. It was a good choice because we, like, we just didn't know how to, like, yeah. we didn't know anything about character creation. Mm. We would have, who knows how, you know, how limited it would have been. It was just good to have a character that you could 
understand and figure out and just kind of embrace in a first experience. I thought it was a good choice. Now on reflection, weeks down the line when we've now made new characters in a new campaign and we've done stuff, I would say it was the wrong decision and we should have spent the time learning how to make characters because um, it meant that you, so you guys were a little bit disconnected from the characters that were pre-written as they did okay. have pre-written backstories. And since we've created our characters talking to some of our players, they've said that they feel a lot more connected. Role play is a lot easier now that they've written the character because it's more of an essence of them. Um, True. So I think there's both um, pros and cons to the starter kit, which is something that we need to discuss. You know, it's a phenomenal campaign. The Lost Minds of Fandelver, which is the campaign that you play in the starter pack, is an awesome campaign. It's got some great combat encounters. Um, it's got some really fun role-play encounters if you um, do them right or you give the, your players the opportunity to have them. Um, it's got decent NPCs. It's got some fun NPCs, some that you can definitely modify. And something that I didn't do that we'll talk about in, in later episodes is I didn't modify as much as I probably should have. Now, when we do replay it with the streaming group, I'm going to modify a lot more and change things to make it more what I believe should have been better. Um, but um, we did have a very fun time playing it. And what we're going to do is talk about the first session uh, that we ran in that starter pack in the next episode. But this has been a road to new beginnings, guys. Um, just us talking about how we got into D&D, and I hope this gives you a nice little intro into this series. But we will uh, be updating this as regularly as possible when we uh, learn something new or, or try something else or, uh, or work on something. We'll be updating you guys on what we learn, how we're improving, how the process is going, and, uh, and how close we are to getting uh, that stream live and active with our homebrew campaign that we are currently working on, guys. Um, Otherwise, we've been Homie and the Dude. This has been our first episode of D&D uh, &D Diaries Road to Streaming. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks, guys. We're chugging through. We're loving doing this stuff, you guys. Um, if you want to support us, if you want to make sure that we can keep getting you know, better quality set, better quality lights, make the filming better. Bigger, um, bigger batteries for the camera. Bigger batteries for the camera. <laughs> yes! You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do that by just liking, following the page, and subscribing to the YouTube channel. That is what really makes a difference to us.